0: Hey everyone, it's Ed from the VG Embassy. It's almost June, and I'm sure you know what that means. It's almost time for the Masters of VGM event. This is an event where for the entire month, all of your favorite VGM podcasts will focus on one theme around video game music composers. This year, we're sharing composers that we feel might deserve a little bit more of the spotlight than they're currently getting there's going to be a ton of shows participating um let me see i have that list here uh hey hey larry you got that list no no not the grocery list the list of all the podcasts yeah what do you mean you gave it to me already no i don't i don't have it i'll look all right (laughs) Oh, here it is. My bad. My bad. All right, so it's going to be my show, as well as Nerd Noise Radio, Shujin Academy VGM Club, A VGM Journey, VG Emporium, VGM, Gamable Audio, VG Mania, Rhythm and Pixels, CRT Sound System, Volt Supreme Synth VGM Dreamstream Machine, and more. More. What do you mean more, Larry? Who are the, who's the more? No, I don't, I don't know. Did you put more on here. All right, well, I guess there's going to be more. If you want to find out who the more is, check out mastersofvgm.com on your favorite web browser or hit up the tweets at mastersofvgm. We hope you enjoy the event.
1: You're listening to Title Screen from Venture Kid. Released May 3rd, 2018. Composed by Matt Creamer, aka Norin Rad.
2: Welcome to another episode of BG Mania, a video game music podcast. I, of course, am your host, Brian, and joining me on the show this week it is Petroth.
3: Welcome back.
1: Are you there? Welcome back, indeed. I am here. Sorry, I'm. Uh, I,
3: was, I was just waiting for him to talk. My what are you doing here.
1: I, 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 I don't have any lag. My my my. Technically, I'm doing great tonight. I just okay okay. Are you are you all there? Because I'm usually in the one that's not all there. Are you all there tonight? Yeah, what's What's funny is that we're actually starting like half an hour to an hour earlier than we usually start. But um, you, they may have heard his dulcet tones a moment ago. We also were joined by a very good friend of mine. So maybe I'm just. I'm just distracted. I don't know. Uh, even though we're all in different places, so it's not because he's like sitting here and, and like. We'll making finish faces the at intro.
2: Me. Just go ahead and take it at this point. And, finish uh, it.
1: Yeah. So uh, I'm here, uh, and and we are here. Brian and I are here with uh, my good buddy Prof. Jeff, uh, also just known as Jeff, who was sort of my honorary third co-host on Very Good Music. Jeff, welcome to BG Mania. Hi. Welcome, sir, to the show.
2: Got to interact with you a lot through Discord over the uh, probably last year or so, right? You are uh, also a fan of professional wrestling, more specifically AEW which is fun <laughs> and oh, man, you yeah. you more specifically in, in terms of just, I guess, women's wrestling in general, which is also kind of cool
3: Yeah, it's, I, it's day will come man.
1: Jeff is a fan of wrestling and women and wrestling women <laughs> yeah. Ah, the three great things about life, right? <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, no <laughs> Maybe. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? But we're <laughs> going to have a fun knows? episode today, and uh, we'll we'll talk about that in just a second. But obviously, real quick, if you'd be so kind, head on over to Apple Podcast or whichever app you've chosen to listen to us on and drop us a quick rating and a review. It really does help us out in terms of visibility so that this show continues to grow. And remember, we are on Patreon now as well, patreon.com forward slash RPG era. Check out our tiers, see what we're doing, and if you feel inclined, toss us a couple bucks each month if not continuing to listen to the episodes as they upload tree works wonders as well. And of course, special shout out to current executive producers, jexx X and Zanku guys. I'm sorry. I got busy at work the first half of this month. So I apologize about the episodes uploading when they did. I know nothing posted the first half of this month. It's on me. Um, the last half of this month is going to have four shows, right? Four episodes of this podcast. I do apologize about the load up, but this week we have a fun one or today. Cause there's going to be like two or three episodes a week at this point. Uh, um, I forgot we have a bonus episode. Shit. We have so many episodes posting these last two weeks. (laughs) There's a lot of episodes these last two weeks of June. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, But Bedroth, we have a fun one today because this episode is our entry into what you basically created. The Masters of VGM. Round two, year two, unsung
1: and upcoming. That's right. That's right. So, yeah, last year uh, I was... Sitting around in one of my discords, I think it was Rhythm and Pixels, and somebody floated the idea of us all getting together and talking about our our masters of or our Mount Rushmore of BGM. And so I thought, you know what, that's pretty cool. We should just uh, we should just go for that. And so I talked with a couple other guys, and we put together the, a websites and a Twitter. And, yeah, we started Masters of VGM. Now, last year, we focused on the big names, the uh, the famous folks, the Kochi Kondos, the Nobuo Ematsus, the, the people who were our favorites. Yeah, you know, you had Yuzo Koshiro, uh, Shuka Pao, who was my co-host on Very Good Music at the time, had Grant Kirkhope. I had, uh, you know, Naoki Kodaka. <laughs> so, we different people. And this year, uh, we I, I kind of floated a few ideas out, and one that people were excited about was... People who are not as much in the spotlight, either because they're relative newcomers to the scene or because they just, for whatever reason, they just didn't get as much attention. So, yeah, that's what we're doing,
2: which is a really fun idea. And I actually went half and half. So I have two that are unsung and two that I would say are upcoming. I went half and
4: half.
1: I did the same thing. And um, I, I didn't kind of like we do here. I didn't give anybody any rules to follow. I just oh, yeah. said, You know what? If you can make a case for it, it's your show. Do what you want to do and uh you know so people have kind of done different different takes on this and I like Jeff is actually going to be talking about some people who aren't even just composers. He's going to be talking about other people who are involved. But that's all I'm going to say because I'm going to let him talk about that. So. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Jeff bending the rules. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just teasing. I mean, they,
3: they are also composers. I'll, I'll, I'll throw down about that in a minute. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, throw down about it. And um, uh, I, I might have just t- skimmed one of the emails that you sent me and didn't didn't actually read it as early as I should have. So, But yeah. Uh, you so know professors gonna, hate that, and, right? Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, yeah, I've been on both sides of that. So uh, yeah, um, as, as you as you well know, we have personal knowledge of that. Um, but yeah, I uh, so our opening track was my sort of honorable mention, just like last year. You know, last we year have, we did that, too. Yep. We, you and I both brought an honorable last year because you have 14 tracks on Beach Mania, as is your longstanding tradition. And so there, there are there were three of us last year, also three of us again this year we're each bringing four people to spotlight that only adds up to 12 so we got to have some bookends well one of my bookends who I thought had maybe done this he, he did it longer I think than any of my others or he has been doing it longer than any of my others have done it and I think he's a little more well known than most of them uh, especially in the BGM scene um, composed quite a bit of stuff his real name is Matt creamer um, But he came to fame under a pseudonym, kind of like Jay Kaufman uh, was first known as Vert, uh, the pseudonym of Norrin Rad. And Jeff, I thought that you would get a kick out of that, as well as the fact that his last name is Creamer. Um, But uh, (laughs) yeah, so Matt started out (laughs) in 2002. Um, He is from Canada, Mm -hmm. studied at the Art Institute in British Columbia, that's where he studied audio engineering and recording arts, and then he got his Diploma in Computer Systems Technology at BCIT, because he actually wants to make games, but then he was tasked with making the soundtrack of Retro City Rampage, and that started a bunch of other sort of retro-inspired things like uh, Slayin Treasure Buster, and Venture Kid, which we played the title screen of. And uh, I almost brought that to our Also Man's episode because it's obviously very Mega Man-inspired, but I decided to save him for, for this week. So he's also done Shake Shakedown Hawaii, Slayin' 2, and he did a couple of Cartoon Network mobile games, but there's more stuff out there. And, and just the Shakedown Hawaii and Slayin' 2 soundtracks are absolutely phenomenal. I definitely encourage people to go check those out.
2: Nice. Yeah, we've definitely... I think we've played something on the show from from matt before right you had to have maybe something from venture kid actually it may have been something from the same game
1: yeah i'm I'm sure either this or shakedown hawaii i think those are those are you know because shakedown hawaii was devolver right i believe so i remember it had a dope soundtrack devolver yeah i know you guys like your devolver digital so shakedown Um, shakedown hawaii right yeah
2: yeah uh no that was actually v blank entertainment that wasn't devolver
1: oh wow okay what am I thinking of? Um, check down Hotline, Hotline, Miami, Hot, Hotline Miami, Hotline Miami, that's what I was thinking of. Was that okay. Devolver? That that's was definitely, Devolver, That's definitely yes. Devolver. That did, was Did Devolver. Matt
3: Kramer compose anything for that? Because I don't think he did.
1: No, he he was not involved in Hotline Miami. I yeah. just got them confused because of the titles.
3: Oh, Retro City Rampage. Yeah, it does sound like... Um, I think I might have either bought that or played a tempo of it.
1: Shakedown Hawaii and Hotline Miami were the ones. Oh, that yeah, yeah, confused. yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Same number of syllables, geographic stuff.
3: Yes. Yeah. Go ahead. Jeff. Um I told first We talk uh, over each other
1: here, so yeah, don't totally. be
3: polite. Uh two comments. Uh first I totally thought I was reading and hearing Kramer and that it was just my dirty mind that was that was misreading and <laughs> mishearing it and I was Absolutely like having some sort not. of a stroke, but no, he's just uh, going whole hog. <laughs> um and then as it were on a more intellectual note, I love that his name is Norin Rad and the track you picked Reminds me a lot of the Tim Fallen uh, Silver Surfer game that we used to our oh man high our, praise indeed yeah video game our, our um, superhero episode back in uh, VGM VGM it was our opener
1: so it was it was and a and a famously stellar soundtrack <laughs> yeah I mean absolutely oh
3: that's nice that's a nice way that's a nice word stellar very appropriate uh-huh. cosmic. I mean
1: one of the original right Brian like that meme where the guy is sitting by the piano and it's on fire and oh yes yeah. <laughs> like. He didn't have to go this hard. That's Silver Surfer is probably one of the originals of those. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that and the Absolutely. box art, the box art was sick. Oh, yeah. oh my god! Yeah. Yep.
2: <laughs> box art was sick. Uh, Venture Kid is definitely a an eight bit like throwback action platformer. I mean, it's I don't I don't have too much experience
1: with it. I have played it, never beat it. Yep. Um, uh, I own it, have also never beat it, but yeah. Yeah. I hadn't heard of it until this game. moment. There you go.
3: But I mean, that's if that's I mean, that's a very strong. Advertisement for it I definitely want to Check it out after Hearing that music Yeah that was
2: That was an excellent Opening track That really was And a great way To kick off the show Absolutely. All right. So, so Bedroth, how we, are we, we do, how, Yeah, I was just going to say, gonna we, we structured we these blocks like we did last year, right? We kind of just... So we each have four composers that we brought. Uh, so each block will have three tracks like that always does. One of them will be my composer. One will be Bedroth. One will be Jeff's. And I think it will be in that order each time. Yeah, me, then Bedroth, and then closing out with Jeff each block. And then that I works. will have my honorable mention at the close of the show. Perfect. So are you ready to... To the first Let's block.
3: get ready to rumble. I was, I was thinking that, but didn't want to say it. Didn't want to sound like a dweeb. <laughs> I, I have right. no such yeah. compunctions. Rumble Roses <laughs> also also a great wrestling women video game.
2: Which Bedroth brought a track from yeah. recently on the show. you recently played. Yeah, Yankee Rose. <laughs> Yankee yeah. Rose. Oh my goodness. Yep. I have
3: yeah, fond memories of that.
2: It was on our garden
1: episode, wasn't it? In yeah. Our garden and flower episode. It was. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> our gardens and flowers episode, and we bust out the um, David Lee Roth
2: cover. Amazing. Amazing. Well, speaking of past episodes, uh, three of my four composers have been featured on this show, um, and one of them somewhat recently as well, and that's the one we're kicking off with. So, back on our prehistoric planet episode. I played that track from A Dinosaur Tale, I think the game was called, on the... Uh, prehistoric um, Tale, uh, yeah. Prehistoric Tale on, on the Amiga, and discovered my love of Jokin Hipple. Someone yep. that I don't feel like gets enough credit for really what he did back during the day, or back in that time period. Because you don't hear about his name that often. You really don't. So, I found another good one by him. So, let's go ahead and take a listen to Level 1 from Ghost Battle. This released sometime in 1991. Again, it was composed by Jokin Hipple.
1: now you're listening to game theme from adventures of lolo released in april 1989 and composed by hideki kanazashi
2: Next, we're going to take a listen to Eggman, the Doc Robitnik mix from Shadow the Hedgehog. This released on November 15th, 2005. It was composed by Paul Shortino and arranged by Remix Factory. Back in, we are talking about Level 1 from Ghost Battle, again released in 1991, composed by Jokin Hippel. Man. Oh, man. <laughs> I just love him so much at this point like you know I listened to quite a bit of his discography of what is out there after I want to say rediscovering for a prehistoric tale during that episode because I had definitely heard his name before but I just never really appreciated and understood how just trendsetting Not and like, prolific he was <laughs> back yeah masterful yeah. And, and, and these actual uh, you know the name of the series we're doing here is a good way to put that uh, <laughs> he was back in the late eighties early nineties on these early consoles, like the Amiga, like specifically, you know, you know, me how big of a fan I am of Amiga music and just that sound in general, mm-hmm. just listening to what he's done. I listened to so much in prep for this one. And I really fell in love with this track because just like the prehistoric tail track that we had, where it just continuously did so many different things for about six and a half minutes this one does the same thing for almost six minutes. It's five minutes and 42 seconds. But for that, for that entire length, Jochen Hippel is just taking it to so many different places and, and just going with so many different sounds and throwing things your way. It's such a cool vibe. It's such a cool vibe. And I don't think he gets enough credit for what he did back then. I really don't.
1: Yeah, I know. And I mean, in addition to what we talked about last week with that, uh, that other composer totally ripping him off for this track, um, possibly, last week you mean that, last actually, time last time yeah that was, exactly that was about, significantly long
2: ago that was <laughs> last month month before that was like anyway, three months ago
1: maybe also possibly because of that gribbing on this song this track supposedly was fairly like well-known like the track itself made the rounds and so they're not this track but the prehistoric planet track again oh, absolutely yes things, yes 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 yeah like like a lot of people have heard that track and just had no idea what it or Jochen and Hipple was And so I'm glad we were able to, uh, you know, bring some attention to him. And now you're bringing even more. So
2: I think it's well-deserved. I think it's well-deserved. Jeff, I know you love this one, too.
3: Yeah, it's very proggy. Um, It has tons of movements. I was actually just listening to Yes from the 1970s uh, earlier today. (laughs) It's like one of my favorite bands and like associated with a very special time in my life. Um, And it I mean, honestly, it sounds less like a level one and one, one of those like, unusual tracks you get from the demo scene in the Amiga. Um, Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Well, and, you know,
1: it could very well have been written for that, and then he just adapted it into this because the company needed him, needed some music, and he had to land around, you know?
3: (laughs) Also reminded me a little bit of, like, some of the Scooby-Doo music from the 1970s. (laughs) And then then that one time where he sort of drops, drops out and reduces the instrumental and bring it back. That just that blew me out of the water. He's good at that. that. He
2: did that during that prehistoric tail track too. He's very good at doing
3: that. For whatever reason, it's I really thought that cool. that method hadn't been in, hadn't been discovered yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, ooh. it's
2: very Damn. very cool. Very it's, very cool. Yeah,
3: it's like listening to. Uh, Radio from another dimension or something. I you know. I'm
2: always in those other dimensions. Um <laughs> or Pedro, the trees did you say, breathe. Where the trees breathe. God damn it. Did you say someone else brought Yoke and Hipple to the Masters of VGM this
1: year? I did, yeah. I don't remember which episode it was, but uh, but Jeff Wilson of the VG Embassy, who actually uh, maybe, recorded maybe that Ed promo Wilson. that several. Ed Wilson, uh, maybe. Jeff. Uh, <laughs> Ned, Ned, Ned Wilson. Uh, bed, bed, w- yes, Ed Wilson. <laughs> what? Mr. Ed Wilson what? of the VG Embassy. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, who actually recorded that uh, that promo commercial that several podcasts played this year, um, including about us. Masters of BGM? Um, he brought it at one point, and um, I don't know what episode it was, but because of that, he kind of also discovered or rediscovered Yoken Hipple and so he brought actually the prehistoric planet track to his Masters it's, of BGM episode. It's Yoken Hippel's best did. one.
2: It's Yoken Hippel's it best is, track.
1: Yeah. yeah. I also want to shout out that episode because my my um, co-host of the late lamented movie bar podcast, The Dyad, joined Ed on that episode and brought some of his own picks. And there's some really good music on there. So he's got flashy goodness and big giant circles and, and several other kind of up and comers that I was excited. I to also
3: hear. just Googled Jochen Hippel and apparently his first name is Andreas and he could have just had a normal person name. It was just like <laughs> nope.
2: Andreas now pronounce the cities he's from. Can you do that in southwest uh, Germany?
1: Be- Be- Bedroth could. Yeah, uh, Jeff's Jeff's pretty. Jeff is not bad shakes at languages either. So. <laughs> yeah, I took um,
3: um, with with French. With French, I'm garbage. I just pretended to read it when I was getting my doctorate. But, um, man, I
1: don't even think the French can speak French correctly. They just pretend. Nobody. Do <laughs> they French all right. smell
3: Come like on. cigarettes? Uh, apologies for the international French readers of this show. Listeners, readers, yeah, Re- yeah,
2: they're reading everything yeah. we do. Melissa's actually I mean, from the, France. The, you
3: know the deaf, <laughs> the deaf enthusiastic listeners who just look at transcripts. The show is
1: so good that we we even do have a, a strong deaf yeah, listener yeah, following. It's, it's so hot, it's hot shit. They can they, still they can it. feel how good it is. Yeah. It's just it's amazing. Yeah, that's, that's right. for the blind. That's, people hey, use if the I can if I can read with my ears, then they can listen with their eyes. But yeah, fantastic track. I think we've been tripping <laughs> enough on yeah. that. um Yeah, we're good. We're good. Bedrock, you so, had the middle there. Yeah, my first one uh, has been... This, this composer has been known by many names. Um, I think on Air Fortress, he was credited as Rodeo Kanazuchi. Um, in uh, The Adventures of Lolo, or Eggerland, he was credited as Escaper Kanaguchi. Um, and then in other places, he has been known as uh, Negetta or Negetta Zap, sometimes Zap Rodeo. He has a lot of pseudonyms, but his real name is Hideki Kanazashi. And he's one of my favorites because these were some of my favorite tracks before I even really knew video game music. And so then when I, I heard them come up on a couple of uh, podcasts that were talking about obscure episodes or obscure video games, I was I was really tickled. And that is the title theme of Air Fortress, which I didn't play, but I have brought before to this show. And the game in-game music from Adventures of Lola, which I was really surprised had never been played on this show before. It has uh, not. But that's, that is what this is. And, man... I spent so many hours hearing this theme. Um, My dad loved this game. It's one of like two games that he played when I was a kid. Oh, that's (laughs) cool. Yeah, he really enjoyed this game. I still really enjoyed this game um, uh, to this day. And uh, this is just a delightful little track. And you hear it for hours and hours as you go through these puzzles (laughs) in this game. And so it has to stick with you. All right, Jeff. Yeah, what well, so I'm funny? just I've seen
3: pictures of your dad, and I'm just like imagine, imagine, like, well, well, and you're like oh hell yeah, um,
1: yeah. imagining this big bearded yeah. like mountain of a man controlling a little blue guy yeah. around a uh, like a oh sixteen gosh, by sixteen this is screen. Good shit. <laughs> Dude, he, he but he would get so pissed at that game sometimes. Uh, a couple of times, he ended up actually calling the Nintendo hotline to get help on a couple of puzzles because this was before the internet. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) And he would get on the phone and be like, Okay, I'm playing Lolo, and you got to help me out. <laughs> I, th-
3: okay. I think they, I think they okay.
1: made this damn level unsolvable. <laughs> I can see why you have so much fond memories of this game. <laughs> I,
3: I, I want to see I want to see your dad. I always want to see your dad on BGM, BGM. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. I don't
1: think it's going to happen, but... There's, um, there's still time. Yeah, there, is, there is still time. It, it could have been fun. I can always yeah. come back. But yeah, what do you all think of this track? This is a classic,
2: dude. I mean, I think a lot of people definitely know this track. Lolo's such a classic game. Like, this, this track it just... Is. It's so much well not it there is so much just happiness and joy in this track and i think that's what this game needed right with the character that it had in there the type of game that it was this is one of the only tracks in the game i think
1: if i'm not mistaken it is yeah um, it is so it had uh, to be catchy and more it had to be fun in the sequels and actually in the um in the japanese version called eggerland um, he composed music that was then later used for Lolo 2 and Lolo 3. That that soundtrack for the Famicom disc system is much more extensive but this is the one that, that was meaningful to me. So, um, he also did Famicom Grand Prix 2 uh, also called 3D Hot Rally which is a really, has a really cool soundtrack. Um, but he's got quite a bit of stuff. But he was only really ever uh, active in the late 80s through the early 90s. Um, and legend has it that he got the uh, pseudonym of Escaper because one of the only times that his fellow composers would see him because he composed out of an in-house office um, was when he showed up for his paycheck and he would pop in get his money and pop out. And so they <laughs> called him Escaper. <laughs> that, I, that's apocryphal. I don't know how accurate that is, but I love it. So it's my headcanon now. Hey, hey, well, let's run with it.
3: Yeah. And I'm also imagining him humming singing this song oh, yeah, just like like like
1: going Like looking looking around <laughs> like avoiding yeah. avoiding his coworkers like they're like they're medusa heads. <laughs> an absolute <laughs> chad.
3: <laughs>
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Really cool guy. Um uh, co- composed for about the same length of time as naoki kodaka but i guess just because HAL wasn't as big a deal back then or because their games didn't get quite as big they didn't have as much license crap <laughs> he's not as well known as naoki kodaka so yeah
2: jeff you mentioned the uh the whiplash going from yoken hippo and, and ghost <laughs> battle there going into the adventures of lolo
3: yeah I, I was also curious as to why Lolo has such
1: You know, I don't Kirby. think it was that. I think that Lolo and Lala, called Lolo, Lolo and Lala in the Kirby games, I think that's their castle. And like he just finished saving Lala from the king, from the evil king, and then comes this weird pink puffball that's like eating everything in his castle, and so they're just trying to get him out. I think that's what happened. We're just seeing the game from Kirby's perspective. <laughs>
3: Kirby is a foreign terrorist. <laughs> He He's a chaotic force of nature. For works sure. with the CIA to destabilize now, And I don't think
1: we planned it this In fact, I know we didn't plan it this way, but there's there's also some uh, some oral whiplash going from my track to your track, but the titles actually are kind of connected here. <laughs> Because uh, Lolo's Japanese name is Eggerland. Oh, yeah. Look at that. that There you go. Look at that. What what is your track? Let's talk about yours now.
3: Yeah. It's uh, the Eggman Doc Doc Robitnik mix from... Shadow the Hedgehog i freaking love that name dude yeah.
1: Doc Robe Nick yeah. that's, that's Very gold. very dope It's very very so, dope So um, As is this track Yeah
2: Yes
3: It really is Thanks I'm, I'm glad you think so I picked it for a very special reason um, And I got creative So um, It is actually The original was composed So the regular um, I think there's two other mixes of Eggman From Sonic Adventures 1 and 2 Or maybe just two um, but the original Eggman mix was Paul Shortino, um, who also worked with um, Quiet Riot and Rough Cut. And he does the he does Oh, the no way. Quiet yeah, Riot. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> That's sick. But he's not actually the master of EGM who I'm talking about for this track. Um, I'm actually talking about the, re- the arranger, a Remix Factory, also known as Bentley Jones, also known as Lee Brotherton. Uh, Do you guys know much about him?
1: I can't say that I do. I also cannot say that I do.
3: Okay, so Bentley Jones... uh, Educate us, Professor. Yeah, Bentley Jones is um, his most sort of prominent um, alias. But he is actually um, one of the big sort of post-Sonic Adventure um, composers for and mixers for the Sonic the Hedgehog series. So um, Bentley composed dreams of an absolution which is like silver's theme from sonic 06 um he also did the uh, fairy tales and trance remix of seven rings in hand and the blue world prelude uh remix of his world which i think is like unleashed i don't even know which game that's from but, um,
1: pretty sure Seven Rings in Hand was, yeah, that, the definitely. Secret rings, maybe.
3: Um, and Billy Jones, he also, um, he composed Dreams of an Absolution. And he also does vocals in a lot of his remixes. Um, but I wanted to draw attention specifically to his sort of mixing ability because I don't really like his vocals quite as much. Um, <laughs> maybe, I mean, maybe I just don't like, I think, um, I guess in terms of his, vo- his vocals versus. Like, the Crush 40 vocals versus, like, his mix mixes versus the others. <laughs> um, but this is kind of showing a different side of him. Um, I'm sure the Sonic fandom has enough people who are huge fans of Bentley Jones who will back me up on this. But I really like this because, um, it, especially if you hear the earlier mix, it completely changes it. It sounds more industrial and frenetic and sounds more like a sort of boss theme. Um, and also, I, it had has a lot of special, um, like it has a lot of sentimental um, relevance to me because I'm also a morbidly obese super genius with a PhD. Comes <laughs> across <laughs> <laughs> like a, a jackass, and so I was like,
4: "Let's, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know,
3: just like screaming to my cat about how like there's no, no retreat to my machine." While I was like. Control effing like this massive two thousand page Sanskrit manuscript. Um, so yeah. Also, like oh, if, I, if I was a wrestler, it would also be my intro theme, <laughs> which
1: which is which is the thing that would be as, a dope know, entrance turning, theme turning by the way into, yeah. into robots. That would be a dope entrance. Team. Yeah. That, that was cooler than what I was saying.
2: I'm, <laughs> I'm a big fan of this track, obviously, because it borrows a little bit from Pink Floyd or, or not Pink Floyd, the Beatles. Yeah, yeah. I am the Eggman there and there as well. So I've always been a big fan of that line in this track when I've heard it previously <laughs> during the, uh, the Beatles experimental days. So. Yeah. <laughs> indeed
3: so weird that like the earlier versions of the song were sort of dad rock and they like they weren't industrial and they didn't sound like boss themes and it wasn't until Bentley got it and sort of remixed it that it has this like it feels much more true to the character um, no, no shade whatsoever on Paul Shortino. He's a legend and is a beyond reproach. But personally I just really like how Bentley Jones was able to sort of make the song his own while also preserving what made the original great. Yeah,
1: well and I mean, definitely I think you could say he's unsung, maybe not within the Sonic fandom, but I mean we've talked about this between very good music and Beach Mania, Brian and I have done over five hundred different BGM podcast episodes and neither of yeah. us were familiar. So, yeah. so mean, good job.
2: Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. All right. All right. Well.
1: Well, you guys ready to get into block number two? Yeah, let's do it. We will uh, kick off. I got to say, I'm intrigued by this first track here. (laughs) So do you
2: remember um, uh, quite some time ago... There was an episode that, before you joined the uh, the podcast, Bedroth, I did an episode with Epoch, Barry Topping, on his soundtrack oh, to yeah. Paradise Killer. I do remember that. Yeah, so he did the, you know, he composed the music to Paradise Killer. He's done the music for uh, several indie games, but he's only been active for, I want to say, the better part of... Six, seven, maybe eight years. So he's very, very up and coming, right? I, I think when you mm-hmm. and I talked about it, we kind of classified upcoming as within the last decade or so. Um, and and I I definitely think Barry Topping is someone to keep an eye on, especially if he gets his name attached, kind of like my last composer that I brought. That's also upcoming. He got his name attached to quite a big game. Um, once Barry Topping also does as well, I think he's I think his career might
1: take off. So. I really hope so, because this guy is is pretty talked about in the VGM podcasting community, but he definitely deserves to be talked about in in broader circles, like from from things I've heard. Yeah, and like I a mainst- a, a
2: mainstream that. thing. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, so, for sure.
1: Let's kick this block off by taking
2: a listen to Jack O'Lantern from Jack B. Nimble. This released on July 24th, 2018, and it was composed by Barry Epoch Topping.
1: listening to Title Screen from Sylvan Tale released January 27, 1995 composed by Siori Kobayashi.
2: Closing out this block, let's take a listen to Let's Get It On from Street Fighter III, Third Strike. Released June 8, 1999, this was composed and performed by Infinite.
5: i see you in the air when I make you back, flimsy. Select and make your first pick. Get it on. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6. Choose and pick the best one. 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Select and make your first pick. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6. Choose and pick the best one. 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Select and make your first pick. 10, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6. Choose and pick the best one Five, four, three, two, one. Select and make your first pick 10, 9, 8, seven, six. Choose and pick the best one 5, four, three, two, one.
2: And we are talking about Jack O' Lantern from Jack Be Nimble. Again, released July twenty fourth, two thousand eighteen. Composed by Barry Epoch Topping. And I did not know about this game. I won't lie, right? I I've never before. I looked up more of what Barry Topping had done in prep for this episode. I had never heard of Jack Be Nimble. This game actually looks kind of cool, but this soundtrack is so sick. <laughs> So sick, dude! You guys described it perfectly <laughs> while we were listening to it. It is, it is a mashup beautifully of like Mega Man and Castlevania.
1: It is, yeah. Uh, it's like, it's like, what did I say? If if Simon Belmont got kidnapped by Doctor Wily and turned into a robot master, who's also yeah. a with This a whip. is Belmont Man, Steve. Yeah, who is also a leprechaun with a whip? Oh man, we had we had fun talking about talking about this track, but but yeah, man, this this is fucking rad. Best like. In, in between konami and capcom um it it just yeah yeah that's it. that's it that's it that's all it's just good
2: yeah i just dude i became such a big fan of berries obviously because of paradise killer i think that soundtrack is just so much my vibe right it is a a vaporwave synth wave 80s throwback soundtrack and he's very good at that style but then he also does things like this, which is again, definitely throwback, but not in the same vein as like synthwave, vaporwave type stuff. And he does chip tune so well at the same time. Like, this is just really, really cool. I really enjoy this. I think this guy has a bright future. I really do. I hope he, like I said, I really hope his name gets attached to some big name project because I think that could definitely bring a lot of eyes to him. Like you said, he is kind of making a name and becoming more well-known in the circle of, of like VGM enthusiasts more. But you extend out of that, chances are no one has any idea who he is. And that's sad.
1: If they do it, Another Mega Man game. They should totally tap him. Um, Even if, just says like he, a
2: couple, a couple tracks or something.
1: Yeah. Has he? uh Does he have stuff that's not as, um I guess, like chippy for lack of a better word? Stuff that's more orchestral style or AAA sounding, or is it mostly indie sounding stuff?
2: It's mostly indie sounding stuff. I mean, if I dig, I might be able to find one or two tracks where he does explore different aspects, but for the most part, it is yeah. very similar to paradise killer jack b nimble he also did thatcher's tech base which is kind of similar to this uh but with a little bit more of like a a doom inspired sound to it like mcgordon inspired almost um so that's kind of sick
3: and when i was listening to this it's like he just came up behind me and like hit me with a brick breaking down bloody tears in the middle of a Mega Man track
1: (laughs) (laughs) well said well said. <laughs> but yeah. It, I think he made that it I, like it this
2: Oh no, absolutely. And I love the little intro, right? Because the name of the track, Jack o' Lantern, you get that classic like doo doo-doo-doo, doo doo, doo 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 What's that called, Bedroth?
1: You gotta know. It's from something. It, it, it is, and uh, I can't remember now. I'm sure I brought it up in my classical episode, but it, that's not where my brain is right now. But yeah, okay, yeah, that makes sense. It's fine. Yeah, I just don't know the name of the
2: the the composition that's from.
1: It's from one of Bach's fugues. That's all I can. That's all I can say for sure. Okay, okay. But I
2: like throwing that in there because that has a very you know Halloween vibe to it, and that's what this track is trying to go for.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely.
2: Absolutely, yeah. very cool stuff. I love Barry. I think he's great. I can't wait to hear more from him in the future. Agreed,
1: agreed. And uh, and now we're gonna get to um, a track that I brought, and I Ooh, boy did I love this for, yeah. Like <laughs> this, this popped up on my radar. This game uh, we're talking about um, the title screen. Right. And I could have brought anything, uh, Brian actually commented on how many title screens i brought this episode, but uh, I could have brought almost anything from this game, this is just, I, I liked the sound of it a lot. Uh, title screen from Sylvan Tail, for the Game Gear, which uh, we've talked about before, uses the same uh, sound setup as the Master System, and we, you know, haven't made it a secret that we don't love the sound of this chip, but Enough. this, man, this is beautiful. And This really is. Composed by Sayori Kobayashi, who uh, was a video game composer and uh, also a classically trained pianist like Yoko Shimomura, um, she composed for Sega and was best known for her work on the Panzer Dragoon series. Her name, uh, this game popped up when we were doing our, our Zelda likes episode. But her name actually popped up because I was, I was looking just kind of through a list of composers to see if there were any whose names I just flat did not recognize. And this was one of a handful that I, I couldn't have pulled out of a lineup. So I pulled her, and I saw how many tracks, how many games she'd done. Uh, she's done about a dozen games, uh, stretching from 1993 um, all the way up to... Uh, some of her work was featured on the Panzer Dragoon remake of 2020. Yeah. Um, but uh, she mostly stopped being active in the early early teens. But yeah, she uh, she has done... Besides the Panzer Dragoon series, she has worked with a lot of other composers on games like Nights into Dreams, uh, Sonic Triple Trouble. Okay. Uh, and her very first game was for the Inspector Gadget game back on the SNES, so... One of her uh, more more celebrated, wh- where I did see her talked about in a couple of places when I w- went looking, was for Deep Duck Trouble, starring Donald Duck, for the uh, for the Sega Genesis.
2: Isn't it crazy how those like licensed cartoon games back in the day had such killer soundtracks?
1: <laughs> it really is. And a lot of the Disney ones, especially. Um, a lot of the Disney ones, especially. And from what came through our research when we did the, uh, the um, recent composer showcase on Matt Furness, Disney was apparently kind of like they had their fingers in everything even back then. So maybe not as much of a surprise, but uh, yeah. Yeah, they still do. Not a bad thing, I will say. (laughs) They still do. (laughs) Absolutely.
2: (laughs) This track reminded me a lot of of a band called X-Japan and one of their tracks called Endless Rain that I had to show you guys on YouTube because the the chorus of that and the actual main melody of of this track is is very similar to me. I had
1: to show you guys that. (laughs) I just love watching that video dude such a great video Jeff you talked about the transition between these tracks what what did you think of of this one
3: um yeah it was really it was on honestly the it just made me want to play the game gear which I don't think I ever have in my life um it's it's uh, just really make sure you
2: have a lot of batteries (laughs) yeah I don't think I knew anyone that owned a game gear
3: I I did he was a jerk (laughs) Wait, was was it Bedroth uh no it was not (laughs) okay Okay. I mean, he probably wasn't that much i mean he was a kid so of course like lots of kids are jerks um, but i just it was really cool how um you know they both have energy but you can have i mean jack-o'-lantern has much more like is much more sort of in your face but then this sort of pulls back and slows down but still has that sort of artistry and care put into it that it still feels very sort of in in its own way Um, also since we were watching we were listening to this on YouTube I got to see the box art it reminded me a lot of Record of Lotus War so I was already like psychologically primed to enjoy this song a lot it does
2: you're not wrong yeah it absolutely does yeah box art is very similar
1: yeah uh, Jeff did not know me back then but if he had I totally would have shared my Game (laughs) (laughs) Gear.
2: oh man well, from that, Jeff, where did you take us there at the end of that block?
3: Yeah, then we, then we went straight into the urban <laughs> sprawl with... Uh, went to some um, some
2: Inf- 90s hip-hop, yeah,
3: man. Infinite, I love it. Uh,
1: let's get it on from Street Fighter so 3. You, you are a fan of this. Oh my God, yeah. I know, so Infinite, <laughs>
3: um, even, even more so, I already love this because I had the uh, anniversary collection um on the Xbox, which had Third Strike, um two Hyper and it also just like randomly had the english dub of the street fighter 2 movie um but you couldn't hear it in <laughs> japanese and you couldn't see chun Li's boobs but it was like still a really great movie um and the third the third strike just sort of blew me away um and i've always always loved it it's probably one of my i mean you know it's pretty uncontroversial to say that like alongside garo and some of the Darkstalkers games, and like Alpha Three, it's like you know the pinnacle of 2D fighting. But one thing I didn't learn until recently is that Infinite, um, the rapper, um, he's he also does you know the round, he calls the round. He has he's on the game over screen and stuff. Um, his name is Infinite, aka Desmond Francis. Uh, worked with the group uh, Ghetto Concepts. So, of course, like, I love, you know, this is right up there with um, Sonic Adventure 2, the Pumpkin Hill thing. Um, That's Hunted P. um, And that's actually two years later. Infinite did it first. Um, Yeah, and then Hunted P like recently had, like, some sort of controversy with him just being, it came out that he's just, like, Scummy, both in business and personally. Um, He tried to say that he was like working with Sega again, so that would contribute to his Kickstarter or what have you, so he could screw people out of money, uh, plus other stuff. Um, But with Hunted P, like everyone hears Pumpkin Hill, but Infinite did all these raps uh, for Third Strike that don't make it in the game. Uh, He does the theme song, Third Strike. He also does the ending theme, Moving On, which also, like, both of those have a lot of verses. That you can find on KH Insider, but like are not in the actual game, and the sort of cherry on top of all this—at least they still released um, it. It's (laughs) been released, at least. Um, Yeah. But the thing that blows my mind is that Infinite, when Infinite uh, met Capcom, they were in Canada. They wanted. um, They actually had a big uh, freestyling competition where just like every rapper in the area came and Capcom just like gave them you know they got him into a secluded location and gave him a really quick beat and people had to freestyle on it and it was just like everyone in the scene um and like the people who were listening to the rap didn't even couldn't even didn't even know English and so they had interpreters um and infinite somehow beat everyone in the rap scene in the freestyle Uh, and then capcom said oh this is great uh give us something that sounds uh east coast um and we'll record three songs tomorrow and so in less than 24 hours he composed all three of these songs and so if they sound, so if they sound really like that's incredible, hastily put together and if like the one thing you can fault them for is that it sounds like he's buying for time and just like, you know, swinging for the fences and what little time he has, that's exactly what happened. And he still, he still did this. He still redefines like the sound <laughs> of Street Fighter 3, which is, it was its third game and also like the entire fighting game genre and also a major milestone for rap and video games which in my personal opinion has still not been sort of is still relevant and hasn't really been sort of surpassed although you know pumpkin hill of course is also great everybody loves pumpkin hill (laughs) um infinite's also a better person though
1: man i am i am loving your commentary and, and background and your passion jeff i think uh I think Brian, if um, if I ever have to stop, I think that you. Yeah, you have that your, makes sense. To co-host here. <laughs> Are you telling
2: me you're planning on leaving? You're telling me you're planning on leaving Bedra?
1: Not at all. I have I have no such plans. I'm just I'm just saying. I, I okay. Think, I think that, that one this, of his this kid's is graduating, be so is going to have me. even more time. <laughs>
3: So he's suddenly he's suddenly getting less That's kids true. in his that house. Is this true. happens hasn't happened in like uh, what eight years? <laughs> yeah,
1: it's. Uh, I mean, it's never happened that I I have left less kids in my house, but um, but but yeah, this is uh, this this is a new thing for me. And um, but yeah, you're right. I, I definitely am gonna have more time in my hands. So there you go. That was a fun block. But Yeah, that was. That was really fun. Yeah, that was a good one. Good times, good chats, good music. Very good music, I would say. <laughs> Wrong podcast. <laughs> Wrong podcast. Okay, well then let's get back on track, I guess. What What have you got coming up for us next, Brian?
2: All right, so I have another kind of unsung composer i don't think too many people are familiar with my next choice so i don't make like i i don't hide that i love these weird stupid very fan servicey japanese rpgs that come from compile Heart, such as hyper Dimension neptunia right i'm a massive fan of that series um but also just really anything that Compile Heart develops and puts out. I kind of I fell in love with them as a studio, and in this their style of games and just how stupidly fun and quirky and insane they actually are. Um, I fell in love with them because of Nectunya, but I've played a lot of their other things since. And one of my favorite games by them, which I have talked about, and actually used to be, and honestly, still is the Twitter header of my personal Twitter, like the the one that I don't <laughs> use anymore. Um, the, before I started using the you know RPG era. Brian one um, mm-hmm. but uh, or it might even original LDG I think that's what it is um, yeah I it's original LDG but, but, but I still have a Brian LDG Twitter account and the header of that Twitter is from Fairy Fencer F
1: that's really crazy. I, I remember when I brought Fairy Fencer Musashi, I think it was, to our Nobuo Uematsu episode because he composed like the title track Fairy, or something.
2: F- yeah, Fairy Fencer was Nobuo Uematsu contributed a little bit to the soundtrack. Um, he I brought did it thinking this
1: was going to be this obscure thing, and you were going to be really surprised and depressed, and you start going off on how awesome uh-huh. <laughs> this, uh, this this the studio is. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. No, I, I freaking love love what these guys do. Um, I again, they get a lot of flack because of the amount of fan service that goes into their games. But I think anyone that's a fan of anime, specifically certain kinds of anime coming out of Japan, it, it, it's par for the course. <laughs> Jeff, you know, like it's yeah. you know exactly what you're getting. I with mean, these I'm, I of mean games. I'm really glad I got Senran so. <laughs> Kagura. I
3: actually tried <laughs> playing it again to see if it's. I actually really want to play it. And the answer is no. But it was worth buying the game just to hear the soundtrack and get blown away from it. Um, i you know, the, the game isn't isn't for me for whatever reason, just in terms of like the the primary loop. But yeah, you know, the fact that it justified the creation of the Sinran Kagra soundtracks more than justifies you know sort of cheesecake etchy genre existing in my personal opinion and that's what's
2: crazy about those series is that like they do have such good music and and you find some really good things on that so we're gonna start with that we're gonna start with that so kicking off this block let's take a listen to a a very slow track i mean definitely probably the slowest thing i brought bedroth this this will kind of be similar to your sylvan tail track in terms of uh, in terms of speed it's
1: also going to line up really well with the track that's coming right after it so
2: oh good <laughs> very very good then okay well let's go ahead and kick this off by taking a listen to peace from fairy fencer f this released on September 16th 2014 and it was composed by Kenji Kaneko
1: You're listening to Standing Stones from Dear Esther, released February 14th, 2012, composed by Jessica Curry.
2: up in this block, we're going to be taking a listen to Shopping with Palmyra Orr from Evergrace. This released on October 26, 2000, and it was composed by Kota Hoshino. Coming back in, we are talking about peace from Fairy Fencer F, released September 16, 2014, composed by Kenji Kaneko. I love how beautiful this is, dude. This this is gorgeous, first of all. Just talking about the track itself. This is gorgeous. And one of my favorite pieces from Fairy Fencer F. It's it's one of the more emotional tracks I feel, and you know how much I love my emotional tracks and video games and just in general. But um this one plays in a lot of emotional cutscenes or even somewhat romantic cutscenes, And this game has a lot of that. So you hear this track quite often in the game, and every time it came up, I just I let it take me away, man. This this one is so gorgeous I really like Kenji kaneko um I don't know that I would say fairy Fencer F is his like best soundtrack that he's done for compile heart and he's generally only worked f- for compile heart um I was telling you guys he is he is a master recorder player he is kind of known for being a, a recorder player which I didn't know really people were famous for that but um mm-hmm. he, he is he is pretty well known for being a, a very very prolific recorder player. Um, That just sounds weird to say, but he is. And pretty much everything he's done has been through compile heart. I mean, he started in 2004 is still going strong. Um, just recently worked on some of compile hearts newest games, but has did not work on the newest Neptunia. Actually, he was not involved in that soundtrack, so he might start slowing down or, or be branching out soon. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Um, but you don't really hear him talked about much, but you also don't really hear that much music from compile heart games in general on these types of
1: shows. This is just a, it's very pretty. Um, peace is the perfect name for it that's definitely what it makes me feel uh reminds me um just uh, in the rhythm it reminds me of the canon and its rhythm and its simplicity because when you pointed that out to me i couldn't yeah. unhear it i could not unhear mm-hmm. it at that point yep <laughs> yeah it's just it's very straightforward and i i do like it's kind of a little surprise around the the 2 minute mark the oboe Really takes a prominent place in the performance. And I like that a lot. I really like a well performed oboe.
2: Yeah, Jeff was saying we need to do an oboe episode.
1: <laughs> yeah, Jeff, we'll have to get you to help us with the research.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure that would be a trip. I mean, especially because of all the episodes you'd have. I mean, you have some more territory to. So it wasn't, you know, I mean, you have that spreadsheet to keep track of everything. We do. We you do. You might have to allow yourself to double dip. Uh, you know the oboe, the oboe thing. You just kind of have to take the oboes. Where take you get what them. you
5: can get. There's
1: not that many oboes out there. <laughs> That's right. It's not as uh, not as prolific as the saxophone, for sure. What a great episode that was. <laughs> it was. It was. But yeah, man. Say the name of the composer again one more time on here. Kenji Kaneko. Kenji Kaneko. Yeah. And like you said, I mean, I'm sure I know we featured him before since you love the the we've, series. We've we've so definitely much, played but... some
2: music from Neptunia in the past. Yes. So there there's there is a Now there are other composers involved with Compile Heart and with this series, so there is a chance that I may have played a track from somebody else, but um, there's actually a good
1: chance we have played him before on the show. Well, I could. it sounds like we could definitely stand to play more and that he could definitely stand to, to get more attention. So. Dude, these soundtracks are great. These soundtracks are honestly great. Um,
2: again, games are sometimes uh, scoffed at and questioned by fans just because of the amount of fan service and, and material that's in there that, that really toes the line, but once you get past that and as long as you don't let it bother you, the
1: gameplay is honestly really fun, but the music is always incredible. My track for this block is Standing Stones from Dear Esther by Jessica Curry. And uh, yeah, kind of a still a a slower vibe, but more somber than peaceful. uh, This one, which which really is the whole game. This is both beautiful and unsettling, which I said when we were listening to it is it, it sums up Dear Esther for me um dear esther is a walking simulator and that's about all i know about its or its development or its developers uh i played it because i got it for free i had it on my on my machine it sounded intriguing and it looked short so uh and it was it was all those things it is um really really compelling game and one that bears repeat play so that you can pick up more stuff uh in the story as you play again but all the music is like this and um Jessica Curry is definitely a promising up-and-comer. She is; uh, she has been doing this for too terribly long. Um, let me see. Uh, so, okay, when when Dan Pinchbeck was developing his experimental video game, Dear Esther, um, he turned to Curry, who was uh, his wife, to write a scene. And so she became the co-founder of the Chinese Room Game Studio, which you, you reference that you like all of the Chinese Room. Games I spread. think they are a phenomenal studio. Um, Jessica Curry is one
2: of, like, the main people. at. I think she's even, like, she's the main composer, obviously, but I think she's also a director as well. Yeah,
1: it looks like she and her husband are, like, the, the heads. Yeah. Yeah. So, so she, she's not going anywhere, but um, you talked about everybody's gone to the rapture, which they, that is they made, such which an incredible game. Composed. Yes.
2: Everyone. Everybody's gone to the rapture is an incredible game. I am a fan of walking simulators. I know again, kind of, kind of in the, in the vein of, of the track that I brought there with fairy fencer and compile heart getting flack for the, the fan service in their games, walking simulators get a lot of flack from some people in the industry and, and a lot of fans because there's just nothing to do in these games besides walk a straight path.
1: It's it's, yeah, it's really, it's very, can to visual novels, but instead of making making choices completely in text, you actually get to make some choices in the physical space as well.
2: Right. And and I think what these games do really well is because there's not a lot of gameplay mechanics that go into them, they nail the story, and they nail the atmosphere. And and that's what Dear Esther does. And and some of my favorite walking simulators, I, I wouldn't consider Dear Esther one of my favorites, um, but games like Everybody's Gone to the Rapture or actually one of my, if not my favorite, Walking Simulator is What Remains of Edith Finch. I think that oh, yeah. game by, by Giant Sparrow is absolutely incredible. Um, Gone Home is, is really good. The Vanishing of Ethan Carter. Firewatch I'm a big fan of as well in terms of Walking Simulators. Um, Dear Esther is good, but I am a big fan of the Chinese... Um, the chinese room and i was excited to see actually since we're recording this episode after the summer game fest weekend at the xbox showcase this past sunday on june 11th they announced their next game releasing next year called still wakes the deep
1: cool very cool well i I, I could definitely do it more i mean this it's funny because i don't always go for the more ambient style of track I'm, i'm more of a of a rhythm and melody kind of guy but by their very nature walking simulators are going to have more of this kind of music and it was perfect for the experience
3: i have to admit i've been quiet during this segment because i've been listening re-listening to the song. yeah so
1: what do you think what are your thoughts yeah,
3: i just it's i am very much as you can probably tell from my tracks this episode i'm not very much one for ambient um tracks But this really does a lot with strings and I believe I heard a cello at one point too Mm -hmm.
1: yeah that deeper instrument that cuts in
3: um and yeah it just really it's really impressive in it's way um yeah it's almost like it defies explanation that's more of a feeling than a song
1: it's in it's a challenge sometimes to step out of like your zone and be able to talk about something. Like you can sit and appreciate it, like listen to the different parts and the way it works together, but then when you have to talk about it it's hard because you don't you don't have as practiced a vocabulary. But um but yeah, so so why don't you uh why don't you talk about your track a bit?
3: Oh, by um the uh Palmyra aura one from Evergrace? yeah. Um so of course like again with, with the exception of perhaps my track from the last block, which we'll get to Um, I have all the sort of busiest, um, all the busiest tracks in the blocks, I think, Um, (laughs) which it's just, I mean, it's okay to be busy if you have a lot to do. I mean, that's also why I love um, that Sinran Kagura um, composer that I talked about last year.
2: I will tell you this track here, Buying Goods at Palmera uh, from Evergrace. It starts out so different and so much more chaotic than the tracks Bedroth and I brought in this block. It, it is such a vast contrast to those two tracks. I love this, and I love the choice because this is an early from Software game before they became gods of gaming with Dark uh, Demon Souls and then Dark Souls and the just Souls in general. Um, this, this is a, this is a dope pick. I, I appreciate this um, one.
3: Have you? Gentlemen, read much or listened to much of uh, kota hoshino i've heard
2: the name i know i've heard some things but i am not super same. familiar yeah same yeah
3: so um this is a new i kind of put kota hoshino for me um the from soft person i was talking about was uh mutsumi ishimura uh just so that i can remember the name um but mutsumi ishimura and um i don't who was it? Uh, um, all right, who was the Wonka Midnight guy? Oh, Yuzo Koshiro. Yuzo Koshiro. Yeah, Yuzo of Koshiro. Uh, that's, mm-hmm. I should give up drinking. Uh, Yuzo Koshiro, <laughs> <laughs> especially especially the Wonka Midnight soundtrack. Um, they're just soundtracks where it can, they, you know you have a composer, a franchise, brilliant stuff. You can just play it on loop for hours. Great for studying and working. Um, Kota Hoshino is in this category too I actually found him um, for VGM VGM Bedroth uh, Kung Fu Carlito and I were doing a robot a giant robots episode and we ended up going for an anime the super robot aesthetic instead of the real robot aesthetic mm-hmm. so we were going for uh, <laughs> Getter Robo and Mazinger type robots or like G Gundam versus the sort of mobile suit Gundam more realistic you know, War Zell and all that bullshit um kind of aesthetic and um kota hoshino is actually um he is most associated with armored core from from software okay, okay.
2: do you know if he's working on armored core six? Um
3: i don't uh, i haven't checked i would imagine so but i'm not sure if it's been confirmed Because
2: I'm gonna tell you right now, that game looks dope. I can't wait to play that this August.
3: uh, Not confirmed either. Uh, Yeah, Armored Ford Six Fires of Rubicon. Um, I would imagine it would show up. So sick. Um, Reddit's of course always already talking about this. Um, Reddit says (laughs) random person on random people on Reddit say um probably. Or no, no confirmation.
1: <laughs> so um... okay, so that's that's what we got. But but I, I can confirm that this this track it, it it is weird. It sounds a little bit like uh, Secret of Mana. Um, it kind of does. Uh, combined with um, maybe a little bit of either uh, Storm at Suda or Koji Kondo. It's kind of all in the middle there because I hear a little bit of Hyrule Castle Town. I hear a little bit of Guardian Millennial Fair, and I hear a little bit of like the the summer track from. Uh, from Secret of Mana, but it's its own thing, and it, it sounds like a busy marketplace. Is this a port, um, by any no, chance? A port oh, town? A, Do you a know? Port.
3: <laughs> I thought you meant a port as in a port of a game from another system. Um, yeah, I have, oh, no. I have no idea. Um, I, it does kind of... It reminds me of the... I don't know why
1: I hear that, but... It reminds me yeah. of... Uh,
3: I think there was a market in gears that reminded me of as well, but... Um, okay. The arts, so he's most associated with Armored Core... And he has this very unique uh, compositional style where in Armored Core, it sounds like you're at the halfway part between um, two different radio stations. And so every one of his songs sounds like two songs that are fading in and out of each other. Um, he also has a band oh, wow. called Frequency. That's, cool. That's um, really cool. Does has an album of uh, Armored Core reprises. And I figured I'd jump on this now because I feel like, you know, maybe in Masters of VGM 2 or maybe just in, like, podcasts, VGM podcasts that are going to come out at this time where people are going to delve deep in the Armored Core soundtracks and find out that Kota Oshino is a real badass, (laughs) um, which I concur, is that he has this, you know, extremely, like, hectic... Um, crazy, cacophonous compositional style that, you know, I mean, his band is called Frequency, and I think of radios, and it works really well, and that's his trademark. But he takes it into a high fantasy in this soundtrack. And so instead of, you know, radio frequencies, it's like you're walking from one end of the market to the other. And so... Becomes this sort of dynamic soundtrack where different things are fading into each other as you, tra- you know, traverse the environment, and it's just uh, I don't I can't think of any other composer who has anything similar, and so I just um, wanted to point to this especially, and that's of course why I didn't um, have an armored core track is because the fact that he can adapt this you know, really wonderful beautiful sound associated with like. A more gritty, real robot, you know, dystopian, futuristic uh, punk-punk setting with, like, you know, a fantasy JRPG vibe. It's just really fascinating to me.
2: That's incredible. Actually, the way you described it. Yeah, no, I really like that. I like that a lot. And I will tell you, I remember the cover art of this game specifically. I never played this game. Uh, not, not the one we're seeing on the video, but the actual cover art of the, the box art of the game itself. I distinctly remember seeing that on store shelves back in like the early 2000s. I remember seeing this game, never played it, but I do remember seeing this. Shall we, uh, shall we get to our final one here of the episode?
1: I think so. So, I'm looking forward, man. This looks like it's going to be a really interesting block of tracks.
2: Yeah, this this should be a fun one. So, again, I'm going to another upcoming composer that has already been featured here on BG Mania before by being here, right? I, I actually did an episode with this composer as well. Um back in, I think it was 2001, probably. Uh, Nope, probably would have been 2000, somewhere in that time frame. Um, I just realized this is actually really sick. I'm going to link it to you guys. (laughs) Because I just saw it for the first time. If you go to his website for the game and scroll down under press, there we are. hell yeah. Hell Yeah.
5: <laughs> nice, I just man.
2: realized that for the first time. <laughs> Dude, that means that means he can hang um, out with him So on cool! Twitter. Yeah, no, I've, I've talked to him pretty frequently. <laughs> um, he did the soundtrack for Ari and the Secret of Seasons, which we did a focus on, and sat down and talked to him about his music on the. Uh, on the episode as well as his project, the Marcus Hedges trend orchestra, which is honestly really sick and does a lot of, um, covers and things of video game music and and music inspired by just games that he loves in general. He's really cool. Um, has only been been active again for about less than six, seven, eight years or so. So, wanted to bring in terms of the upcoming so like I talked about earlier with Barry Topping right Marcus Hedges got his name attached to a pretty big title that came out at the end of 2021 so I want to play a track from that so let's go ahead and take a listen to main theme from Century Age of Ashes released December 2nd 2021 composed by Marcus Hedges
1: You're listening to Bonus from Mighty Goose, released June 5th, 2021, composed by Dominic Nenmark.
2: And last up in this block, before we close the episode out, let's take a listen to Kings and Queens of Wasteland from Nuclear Throne. This released on December 5th, 2015, and it was composed and performed by Yukio Kallio.
6: Fair is outright, There's no reason to fight But still that is our daily life Guns loaded, blind hatred No eyes at our coin
2: Coming back in, we are talking about the main theme from Century Age of Ashes, released December 2nd, 2021, composed again by Marcus Hedges. From the trip, from the uh, the Marcus Hedges Trend Orchestra, dude, I love this guy, man. He is he is such a nice guy. He was one of the I think one of the most fun composer like interviews that I actually did and sat down with. I, I had a blast actually, kind of getting to know Marcus and kind of just finding out all about like his style and and what he enjoys and how he kind of goes into and approaches some of these concept albums that he releases based on other things like his album uh, of his rendition of music from the Wind Waker is phenomenal like from start to finish absolutely worth listening to
1: that, that's really cool finding these composers like through other other things and then and then looking into their original stuff um or the other way around whichever way you do it but you know hearing them as fans but also as their original composers and yeah that ari um episode that you did was really well, it wasn't just ari but that was kind of the big focus at the time and it was that was really it was really cool and the uh the natural chemistry that he just brings I think along with him just really came through in that episode. I love this man. This is some Howard Shore shit right here. Yeah, this is really, really cool. Um, You know, I
2: never did get around to playing Century Age of Ashes but they did put a big kind of promotional push behind it and a marketing push it was announced on stage back in 2020 at jeff keighley's game award so you know they made a big deal about it um i want to check it out still it we did look up some of the reviews for it it generally is pretty well received uh doesn't seem like the game is that terrible uh what marcus did with the soundtrack here is is, is really well done like it's i think probably his best known work because the game i think reached the most amount of people
1: mm-hmm yeah Really good stuff, Jeff. Any any words or thoughts?
3: Yeah, I like you. Of course, mentioned Towered Shore, which was everyone's probably everyone's first thought. Anyone who knows Howard Shore, <laughs> Lord um, of the Rings, but specifically I also like the dwarves that it, yeah. in this track. <laughs> well, I also like that it's not one to one. That it doesn't um, like it's more. It has more strings than the dwarves. And so it has a different sense. That's true. That is true. That, yeah, that really dramatic sort of violin riff. Um, and so it does, you know, it's not completely redundant for those... People who like loop the Lord of the Rings soundtrack for several days at a mm-hmm. time.
1: But I know how, how that goes. <laughs> Man, uh, I mean, I'll freely admit that was me. I'm not going to be be circumspect about it. Um, but yeah, it's like he's got, uh, he's got, he took Howard Shore's uh, vocals and Hans Zimmer's strings and John Williams' horns and kind of threw them all together into this this big pot and uh, melted it with dragon fire and out came this <laughs> perfect what a, what a great way to describe
2: it that's that's yeah. perfect <laughs> that's all that needs to be said it's perfect. also
3: it, it feels very like kinetic and dramatic for um, you know it has the orchestra but it doesn't feel it doesn't feel like a movie soundtrack it feels like it could really work
1: as a yeah soundtrack. I yeah. hear that as for that sure sort of dynamic, there is so. there is something about it and I think it is the, the, the dynamism you mentioned the, that sets it apart That would be something really cool, and honestly, a little above my pay grade to discuss is what makes what makes what are those subtle things that make game soundtracks different and distinct from film soundtracks? And I think the the dynamic nature of the music is definitely one of the big ones there. I mean, although
3: you have things like, and of course, I'm talking
1: about the cinematic.
3: Yeah, I mean, I mean, we already had a sort of counter example of a few blocks, uh, last block with Fairy Fencer piece. Um, yeah. And I was also thinking of the Halo 2 theme, which is... Um, very much so, yes. Which is not frenetic or kinetic. Even very though, true, even very true. Game, well,
1: another composer commercial. who, um, uh, honestly, the, the, the track that we're, the game we're playing a track from uh, the next one up is maybe his best known game. I heard quite a few people talking know, about Mighty Goose when it came out recently. Possibly, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I think it was. It was a good point, and uh, I, I found a transition yeah, yeah. then I ran with it. So, <laughs> run, so, um, <laughs> uh, but, but 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 Mighty Goose <laughs> when it came out was getting talked about possibly because of its proximity uh, date-wise to uh, Mighty Goose Game or sorry, oh, Untitled, yeah, yeah, Goose, yeah. Game, untitled Goose, Goose Game. Untitled Goose Game. Yeah, yep. that would have been a crossover but Mighty Goose don't know a whole lot about it. it it sounds bonkers and looks fun kind of in the vein of Timbo the Badass Elephant um but it was composed by one of my very, very favorite young new composers, a Swedish guy named Dominic Ninmark, who I first discovered through a fan game called Mega Man X Corrupted, which uh, Shukapau and I uh, just fell in love with. We discovered that way back on my horoscope episode. I talked about how I stumbled across the power plant stage with Sparkling Scorpio as its boss, and I just freaking love that game. And a lot of Ninmark stuff is either uh, that rocking style or Eurobeat, which he's also famous for his Eurobeat covers on YouTube. If you look up Dominic Denmark on YouTube, almost all the videos you see are going to be Eurobeat covers of video game music. I love Eurobeat. Um, Yeah, you definitely need to check out this stuff, but... Um, that in my, my some sort of his track other too, tracks. So get that right after this. I uh, you will not you will not regret it. Um, I, uh, so I recently brought something from the Block'Em soundtrack. You which did was a couple a mobile couple, game maybe a month or two ago. Yeah, yep. Mobile game came out in 2002. Uh, he has also done um, his first game was called Bot Vice. It was in 2016. Uh, Windows release. And that is very sort of uh, trancey uh, style. I think you would really like that one, Brian. He okay. released a game called Strikey Sisters uh, in 2017, also on Windows, which was a little bit more. Um, a little bit. Uh... It sounds more like a, like a platforming game soundtrack. It's, it's hard to describe it, but if you go listen to it on his Bandcamp, you'll know what I mean. Um, a game that I've, I'm pretty sure I've heard you talk about before, Blazing Chrome oh, yeah. in 2021. I have. I, I, I've heard of that game and I think may have even played, played it. It's that the that one game. I'm thinking of, too. I love
3: it. I'm not very good at it, so, so that I is that's very far, also but, love the game.
1: <laughs> but this particular track, the bonus track, is just funky and jazzy as hell and I couldn't get it out of my head when I stumbled across it.
2: And you guys seem to really like it too. I really dug this track, man. This was this was such a vibe. Um very, very funky, right? This is a very, very funky groovy track. I, I dug this one a lot.
3: Yeah, on my end, you said, oh, it's a new or young composer. Like, I'm not sure which it is or if it's both. But this does not sound like a new or young composer. This this sounds like a seasoned yeah. veteran. I, mean, I have no idea when sport. he
1: started doing this. Um, and he doesn't have a Wikipedia page, so I, I wasn't able to find out how old he is. I would imagine he's somewhere around one of our ages. You know, we have a pretty nice spread between the three of us. Um, but... I don't know for sure, but his first game uh, was in 2016. So, six years, you know, that he's been doing this. And, yeah, when you listen to his stuff, he he definitely... He's sophisticated, he has range, uh, and he has a lot of talent. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing where this guy goes.
2: Wasn't he... Is he the one that you mentioned to me previously that somebody brought him last year?
1: Yeah, um, that was actually one of the reasons I almost made him my honorable mention and brought something from uh, matt creamer into the main body of the episode but matt has been doing this for um quite a bit longer than dominic and he's done more games which is why i switched him but yeah uh pernell from rhythm and pixels really really likes dominic and he and i he and i have talked extensively about that and uh, uh so much so that then was actually one of Purnell's masters last year Mostly uh, on the strength of his compositions, but also due to the promise that he has for the future. You know what you need to do,
2: Bedroth? Once all the episodes post, you need to see how many composers were featured in both
1: year one and year two. I should do that. Who actually made the
2: list each year?
1: I should put something together like that. That would be cool. It's also just going to be cool to see how many um, composers appear in different soundtracks. I think there will be
2: more composers for year two than there were for year one this this time.
1: I, I think so too. I don't know if there are as many shows participating as this year. A couple have gone belly up and a couple just weren't able to do it this year because they've cut down. But but I'll be interested to see how many repeats we have. So far, the only repeat that I am aware of is Yoken Hipple. Which is on on, honestly,
2: if, if anyone wins in terms of like Yuzo Koshiro <laughs> won last year, which was my number one as well. If I can pull it off twice in a row, we get Yoken Hipple to win again this <laughs> year. Someone else put him in years as well. Get him three votes you know he's <laughs> hey, probably that's gonna that's win side note since we mentioned that's cool Zerfoshiro
3: that'd, be, that'd again, be cool uh that episode introduced me to Wonka at midnight and i was wrapping up 10 years of graduate school getting that phd that i won't shut up about um and it just really <laughs> helped me emotionally to loop you drive me crazy and still alive <laughs> together <laughs> so i just, wanted, I, just wanted, I just wanted to, I just wanted to
1: like get that well, out shout out to uh, last year's Grandmaster of VGM, Yuzo Koshiro for Yeah, who knows, Jeff he get, might get he might still
2: Be listening, Bedroth
1: <laughs> And Jeff might not have gotten His doctorate if it weren't for Wangan Midnight and Oh then, man, like, that's after crazy they, they,
3: after, after the vocalist says You drive me crazy, the next line is My heart's speeding up And I, um, yeah, I definitely got Acquainted with the paramedics over that too um, <laughs> <laughs> Stress related My physical heart is fine I, I was just an emotional wreck. It's yeah, quite I remember, man.
1: <laughs> I was, I was so happy yeah. to hear to, to see it's you a get good to get story through this. Um, but ta- uh, to yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> man, I gotta say, this block was uh, maybe our most eclectic block. I, I have to have that word in it at least every few episodes. Yeah, you you got to get in um, there somewhere. Yeah, right. uh, we, we, we we go from like uh, like like cinematic uh, Howard Shore esque. Uh, you know, uh, epic music, to that that really funky, jazzy, goosey music, and then to h- how would you describe this, Brian? This this Kings and Queens of Wasteland that Jeff brought from Nuclear Throne. I think this has got to be
2: pure like indie folk or acoustic folk, dude. Yeah. Like I I I absolutely adore. You know, like I was telling you, Kyle's gonna love this as well. This might mm. be my track of the show. I think it is. Yeah,
1: I I'd be hard pressed to find one I liked better than this. This just it hits all the right notes.
2: It's incredible, absolutely incredible, and it's a name that like I didn't realize I knew. I know him not from Nuclear Throne. I know him from Fall Guys. He did the soundtrack for that as well. But he's not someone that I'm super familiar with. Like, definitely not a name that I would just know off the top of my head. Jukio Calio.
1: Now, did Jeff, did um, do you know is Jukio Calio either the lyricist or the performer on huh? this, in addition oh, to the musical composer? Um, he's also, he's he's also
3: Finnish, yeah, gentleman. So, if I were to guess, I would say his name might be Yukio. Okay. It's, you're
1: probably not that, wrong. You're probably that. not wrong. I think there are fewer people that know how to pronounce Finnish than know how to pronounce yeah. French. So. But, uh, uh <laughs>
3: Mr. Kallio. Man, Finnish is a trippy language. <laughs> yeah,
1: go ahead. Mr. Kallio, yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah, I would, I would say, you know, Americana folk with a Finnish accent. Yeah. Um, and, it, you know, it's appropriate that it's Finnish because it's um, varied by okay. a fish in the war. Um, okay, it's
1: Twitter, Twitter cool. confirms awesome. that it's Yukio. It's Twitter. There you go. Your
3: real, your real aid to humanity. Um, <laughs> anyways, jokes oh,
1: aside. He's Finnish, um, but his name is Japanese because he was born there. Really? My parents decided to write my Japanese name with a J instead of a Y because That's it's easier for ex- Finnish yeah. people to pronounce. Now thinking, everyone's like, confused how to pronounce it. I think that's a uh, samurai
3: showdown character, actually, the one with the, um, the the quick draw style. So they're like oh is is a Japanese name. Um, yeah, he, know, that's just, also like he does uh, no, the cards, that's, right? Again, uh, sorry, I'm kidding. Genjiro, and I'm
1: getting us off track. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I was talking about I was actually talking about Yu-Gi-Oh. That was a bad oh. pun. Well, I mean, Genji- but I keep Genjiro's interrupting you. <laughs> Please continue. but,
3: the new King of but um as far as Yukio okalio yeah i would say this is like americana folk with a um finnish accent i actually um so when Pete, i i'll be honest as a sort of vg vgm groupie who just kind of like follows bedroth around through different podcasts um <laughs> i i had tr- i had trouble finding people and i don't know um you know what's you know who is regarded as a master and who's sort of, um, you know, overlooked with Infinite and Bentley Jones. I sort of knew where I was because Infinite was a rapper and composing in a different way, and then Bentley Jones does do lyrics, but he's also he also does mix mixing as well as composing, um, and so that was a sort of unique niche. Um, but with, uh, Yukio Kalio, I actually found him because I have 224 hours on nuclear throw <laughs> <laughs> and he composed the game and I just like, whereas, you know, I guess with, with infinite, you know, he has one game in street fighter third strike. I don't think he ever came back to games. With Yukio Kalio, he has other games, but I haven't played them, and it's just that this game, which I still stuck at Nuclear Throne despite 224 hours, (laughs) Um, like I haven't been able to loot multiple times, I haven't defeated the uh, captain in the interdimensional police headquarters, I haven't figured out how to open the door to that secret area, and there's like a whole bunch of other secret bosses that I haven't met yet. Um, But this song, I really just picked him um, solely on the merit of this song, which if you um you can either after you after you um your character has so the idea is that there's a wasteland and there's rumors of a nuclear throne that the adventurers want to sit on and the character select screen is the characters sitting around a fire as like a kind of you know fellowship type thing and the idea is that you know one by one they go off in search of the nuclear throne And, uh, one of them is fish who is a bard. He's also mutated. Is this a roguelike? Oh, yes. It's a roguelike. Um, right up. Yeah. It's right up there with Isaac and enter the gungeon in my top three. Um, fish is the bard. He sings the song like sort of in the storyline and he's different than the fish that are eaten in the lyrics. And the idea is you pick a character and they go off away from the campfire and you know they get if you if you don't screw it up they get an opportunity to you know either sit on the nuclear throne or to uh do new game plus and inevitably die super quick (laughs) um and then like there's also a twist where if you can go back to the campfire and everyone else is dead except for you so depending depending on what happens in the game like if you play the fish he's alive as long, as long as you are. If you don't play the fish, if you go back to the campfire, he's, he's fucking dead. Um, but it's, the song and the lyrics are just really fascinating. Yukio Kaleo did all of the, uh, composing and he also did, uh, compositions for this sort of thematic prequel gun gods, which was like a sort of doom like with, uh, a rap soundtrack. And, um, this song is just really fascinating and it's almost like the opposite of the game because it's about the desire for these adventures in the wasteland to be people who are living their lives um, in a way that's oriented around something other than just people getting murdered to death with guns in the wasteland and killed by mutants. And it introduces what uh, Yahtzee Croshaw, my favorite game critic, refers to as ludonarrative dissonance, like the difference between the gameplay itself and like the universe in which the gameplay happens and if you sit on the nuclear throne regardless of which character you're playing um you get a portal screen and you hear the song and you don't know whether the song sort of refers to events that happened like before your adventure or after it or whether it refers to a dream that can never be attained by the characters in any reality, and, and I also think it's quite quite a good song, and it's just very s- significant for me having played this game so much and having you know logged on, getting my butt got my butt kicked, you know, returned back to work so many times over the course of my studies. Um, there's other songs in the soundtrack, and they're also <laughs> awesome, but this is just this is very special. And I also like the idea that like the um, the fish is you know, has this very americana folk feel to it but he's also singing in a finnish accent and it has does feel like you know a culture that's similar but divorced and sort of almost inaccessible from the one that we know where we are and so it's just it's just a nice song and i like it i think by strength of that alone you know he's on my personal list of great composers very
2: nice i love how much this reminds me of you know talking about americana folk and everything i love how much this reminds me of bob dylan
1: yeah i gotta say man this um ugh, this, this like post post-apocalyptic folk like i could hear something like this showing up in the last of us yeah <laughs> the the show soundtrack <laughs> um it's absolutely just, yeah th- i i I'm, I'm going to add this to my, like, repeat list and keep coming back to it. This, uh, um, that's, that's really, I can't say anything else. I'm just going to keep saying the same thing over and over again, so, cause, so I'm going to shut up. But very good pick. Excellent, yeah. excellent choice.
3: I did really enjoy your coverage of, like, The Last of Us music um, earlier on. And I'm also really happy that you like the song, despite not, like, playing to it, because this, more than any of the other tracks, this is a song that I encountered in the universe of the game. So I was wondering if anyone else would. Yeah. You actually discovered
2: the, yeah. <laughs> that <play> without, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love it. Absolutely love it. Yeah. This one's very, very good. Like I said, probably I, I am still real partial to my Yoke and Hipple track, but honestly, I do think
1: this is my track of the show. I will second that.
2: But before we close out, we do have our last honorable mention, our second honorable mention to talk about. Uh, it's the one that I brought to the show. Sorry, Jeff, you don't get an actual honorable mention plate on the show. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I mean, the just, only room, I room for fourteen have my tracks. Master, my
3: <laughs> masters of a three. I'm um, already there you go year, so <laughs> try to find them again. perfect <laughs> I don't even perfect. know what the
1: what our take is going to be next year so we'll have to, have to see yeah. if they still fit <laughs>
2: who knows who knows uh, but Bedroth I was talking to you leading up to leading up to this episode and kind of leading up to the event starting and I was telling you I really really was considering choosing Gareth Coker um, Gareth Coker, obviously being very well known and, and very high regarded in, in the industry as, as someone that just is a master of the craft and just understands what the hell he's doing at all times. However, Absolutely. he has, he has only been active for less than a decade. Um, I don't really count in momentum in, in primal carnage, even though he did work on those games, uh, in 2011 and 2012. And even still, that still was only 11 and 12 years ago. But Gareth Coker took off in 2015 with Ori in the Blind Forest, um, and, and that to me is, is within the last decade. But I decided against choosing him because, again, he is so well known and he has won, you know, like actual game awards for best score in music and everything. So or, or nominated. I don't think he actually won that one if I'm thinking about it right. But um, most people know who he is. However, because he is still really recent, I wanted to give him the nod with my honorable mention, because everything we've ever played from him on our show, everything I've ever listened to here by him has been absolutely incredible. Gareth Coker is one of the best.
1: I agree. I agree. Um, I think that he's in the perfect spot here because he doesn't really fit as like you said, as uh, an unsung for sure, as an up and comer. He's, uh, um, you know, 10 years is a long time in in this in this uh, this scene. But it's, uh, you know, it's also not as long as, you know, you know Bo Ematsu's or Koji Kondo's or Yoko Shimabura's or Yusoku Shiro's. Yeah, but he is a master, and so yeah, there's absolutely no reason for him to not be here.
2: Yeah. So the track we're going to close out with is titled "The Queen of Bilgewater." It's from Ruined King, a League of Legends story. Um, I've never played this game. I know that the League of Legends story games, all the spin off games like Ruined King, the Maid Seeker, and Convergence, uh, they have all been very well received these these games just like league of legends being a a very high regarded game as well so you know riot is is not gonna let these games go to studios that are going to do a disservice to their ip and franchise um these are all very well regarded games i will get around to playing them eventually but i will tell you from start to finish the soundtrack to ruined king is phenomenal gareth coker never misses man he just he always puts out something that is just i i know i'm going to enjoy
1: he never does it halfway
2: Yeah. And and speaking of halfway, I love during halfway and like almost everything that he does, (laughs) he switches up the tracks.
1: Yep. Yeah, for sure. That's always I mean, you know, I and Jeff knows I really like it when uh, when tracks are going so
3: unusually silenced because I'm I'm listening to the strings. I love (laughs) that I love the cellos on
1: this one. But I
2: do think this is a good track to close out with. Right. This is a good track to close out with. It actually. Yeah, it it works as a perfect close out here for us for this episode.
1: I concur. I concur this is a, a really really great closer um, and yeah this has been a really really great episode uh Jeff really glad that you could join us and absolutely I'm glad I'm not surprised considering the nature of the show but I'm glad we had some really really great tracks and a, and a good mix as always and Jeff I think you brought a flavor to the show that um, you know wouldn't have wouldn't typically be there so
3: yeah I
2: enjoyed having you here Jeff I really did
3: yeah I'm glad I'm just glad that I was able to tracks that weren't completely redundant to what you already had. Since in terms of listening, I think my my range, uh, my range of knowledge is probably significantly smaller. I was able to mine some gems for you. And you have
1: a really, you have a really great way of putting things. And you you go into a, um, you know, you take it in different directions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say it's really <laughs> fun to listen
2: to hear you uh, describe why you brought the track. Yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed that. Oh, yeah. uh, we'll we'll definitely Can't have wait. to have you on again in the future. I enjoyed this. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, before we get out of here, Bedroth, anything to say about Masters of VGM Round Two again? Since it's technically our episode, and anything to plug
1: for you getting out of here? Uh, not really. Um, it's it's been fun seeing everybody release. I'm not super involved this year, except that I put it on the Masters of VGM website when when people post and let me know that they posted uh so yeah if you want to hear more of the uh shows that are coming out this year go to mastersofegm.com and i will put them up on the website as they post so this will likely be one of the last episodes to post this year so hopefully by now everyone else is up and you can go check them out indeed
2: jeff any uh any parting words or words of wisdom or anything you want to leave before we get out of here Places people can find you if they want to engage in conversation or something.
3: Yeah, um, I just kind of creep on the discords for VGM, VGM, and RPG era. So uh, if you want to talk to me, just sort of tag me, and I'll be around. Otherwise, I keep a pretty low profile. Jeff's pretty active yeah, in our uh, our
2: wrestling channel. Like I said, for those that are fans of uh, of AEW. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well, unfortunately I think that'll bring us to the close of the show for this week then We do want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to another episode of BG Mania made possible, of course, by RPGera.com if you like video game music and I'm more important than you like us and you want to help us grow the show, check the description box for ways you can do just that, including a link to join our Discord community. Click it, join it, and interact with us. Taking us out of the episode today, we are going to be taking a listen to The Queen of Bilgewater from Ruin King, a League of Legends story. This released on November 16th, 2021, and again, it was composed by Gareth Coker. Keep the music playing and keep it loud.